previously on Lost. He says to Locke, I wanted to come back to be a judge. Uh, Locke says, by whom? And Linus says, the monster. There's really no reason why... Widmore is being such a dick to Linus, right? Like it's it's just like one 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 special boy uh, not wanting there to be another special boy. That's, you know? that's exactly right. It's, it's only one special boy can have mother's love at a time. And I guess in this case is is love the is mother the island. Mother's smoky. Ben and son have a little moment where Ben says the name of the episode says dead is dead, uh, and the fact that John Locke is running around the island terrifies him. Uh, another fun fact about that that I learned is that the uh, the theme song to Young Sheldon is a song from the uh, one studio album of weird sort of avant-garde pop made by Blue's Clues Steve. Oh, shit. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty dope. It's called Mighty Little Man. Wow. Um, anyway, Young Sheldon. You want to talk about Lost? I do want to talk about Lost. Um, y- you were taking kind of the long view of how far we've come on this episode and in some ways it feels to me like a throwback episode in Mm -hmm. that it's character centric and about a lesson that character learns and it's kind of chill like there's slack in the line they have a lot of like kind of scenes that are just chilling um this is the closest to an old school filler episode that we've gotten since season four began. Yeah. And so it, it feel it feels like, obviously I don't know the future, but it feels like one of the last uh, of those episodes we might even get. So that's, that's kind of fun. Yeah. And you know, also it's always fun on loss when the bros hang and this was some good bro time lost. Seriously. Yes. And I love the idea. Um, of imagining someone else maybe who works in the kitchen uh, who chills with Hurley and just imagine that the like most chilling dude at your job, just some nice guy you wouldn't think twice about, but he's just a joy to work with is from Mm -hmm. the future, but like (laughs) has no really concrete aims. He's just hanging. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, see, the other thing I was thinking is that so Dharma Initiative, it seems to me, everything is, like, very rigid. So, like, lunch would be, like, one piece of Dharma bread, one piece of Dharma brand mayo, one piece of Dharma brand ham. And I'm imagining these guys who've been, like, doing this for years, and they're just on the assembly line, and then all of a sudden, this fucking enormous guy with this ridiculous hair and mutton chops comes in, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna make my homemade garlic mayo for the boys! Yeah, I was about to say, I don't think they had garlic mayo back then. <laughs> yeah, that's... Hurley introduced it. It's a it's a self... It's a circular... It's a circular loop. I really honestly believe that. That's like halfway Hurley, to an aioli or something. Hurley um, created garlic mayo. <laughs> and may have... Yeah, this if, is, you're right. You're, you're right. This is the 70s. Food tasted like shit until like 1989. Yeah. American food was garbage from like 1945 to 1995. And so imagine maybe some Dharma dude got back to the mainland and told people about it. That's kind of fun. Yeah. And I, yeah. I know it's unlikely, but it is still possible that Hurley did some... Hurley did actually incept the plot of... Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, I'm not ruling it out yet. 
All right, let's let's do it. This is the Lost Me podcast. My name is Ben. That's Spencer. We talk about the show Lost episode by episode. I've seen it a whole bunch. Spencer's never seen it before, and as you may have surmised, tonight's episode is season five, episode not episode thirteen. Excuse me. Some like it, Hoth. Uh, our first Miles episode, which is also means it's our first episode devoted solely to one of the freighter crew. Yeah, um, we never got one for old Charlotte and. Have not gotten one yet for Lapidus nor uh, Faraday. Um, so yeah, uh, but really, the first thing we have to talk about when we discuss this episode, the elephant in the room cannot be ignored: the Star Wars of it all, and the fact that professional nerd uh, Damon uh, Lindelof, Damon Allen, Damon Lindelof. <laughs> Uh, decided to put in a scene where Hurley teaches Miles a lesson uh, by using the Ewoks. Did it work for you? Because as much as I want it to suck, I kind of love Hurley doing it. I mean, if I heard someone explain the premise of it, you know, when you told me about it at the end of last episode, I wanted to die, but it didn't offend me. You know, it's. Yeah, I think it's I, impossible I, to enjoy something like this as much as you did back then when we're so thoroughly, like, nostalgia-infused and, like, Star Wars comes out every year. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we, we've talked about Star Wars a lot on this show Yeah. Um, as sort of a, a touch point. Um, and you're right that, like, Star Wars will never feel the way it did no, before before the pre before the, the sequel trilogy came out. It is out. not a prestige property anymore, really. Uh no. But not not that I cared that it was. I was never big. No, big me Star neither. Wars I'm guy. I'm yeah. a I'm a I'm a I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm not a Star Wars nerd. Yeah. Um, um so anyway. anyway, but yeah, I I, th- I think you're right that this is in this format from Hurley, it's it's about as like as as good as it could be for the premise yeah all right well let's let's do the show then um do you want to talk first about miles flashback yeah let's and the sooner we get tiny to, this tiny little asian boy the sooner we get to new metal miles the new better miles, we have yeah. like we have one scene before that so let's do it the six the six cents the six cents red yeah i mean they really that kid looks exactly like an Asian kid from 1985, right? Like mm-hmm. the sh- the shirt, the haircut, incredible. Yeah, or at least, or at least how they depicted them in film. Um, yeah, Ooh, yes, that's obviously correct. I don't yeah, know what yeah. all Asians in 1985. Yeah, like. yeah. Um, uh, his his mother is talking to kind of the worst looking man on earth. Uh, yeah, just this this landlord of like I don't know efficiency apartments or motel rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he bends the no children rule, uh, but probably regrets that as soon as, uh, the child Miles starts running around, uh, seeing dead people. Yeah. And finding, uh, a dead man. Yeah. Uh, um, the sixth sense riffing is so, is so obvious and strong, but... You know, they've got they've lost has gotten to be a number of other shows in one episode over the years. So, you know, why not do one of these? Um, Yeah. But yeah, Um, Miles, Miles can hear him. Uh, He can't stop hearing him. It's kind of freaky. Uh, Yeah, I think it's it's a pretty well done little sort of pastiche of the genre. Yeah. 
Uh, all right. And then we get New Metal Miles. <laughs> he looks so fucking good. Yeah. He's got he's got the spike coming out of the soul patch. He is fully fucking kitted out. What new metal band came to mind when you saw Miles walk on screen? Is this is this still Limp Bizkit era? Is, are they still active? Yeah, early night mid nineties to early two thousands. That way that. But for me, I, my honestly, my first thought was Lincoln Park, and then I realized it's just because there's an Asian guy in Lincoln <laughs> Park. Sure, that's fair, but I I think Lincoln. He looks he he looks very hybrid theory era Lincoln Park. Uh, anyway, he goes to visit his mom, who's looking real bad. Mm-hmm. She has cancer or something. She's got uh, cancer. Miles wants to know where his father was. Uh, and then when he asks where his father's buried, this was, is like a laughable moment to me. The someplace you can never go. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's just, that's just cheesy and bad. Later this episode, he goes to the island. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We know he's there. <laughs> yeah. Um, your father kicked us out. He didn't want anything to do with us. Uh, yeah, that, that fucks Miles up, but next, next we see him plying his, his trade, making money, doing kind of ghost readings for, in this case, Breaking Bad actor Dean Norris. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh, I love that it was Hank. Yeah, I love to see Hank. Hey, he is, he is in the Big Bang Theory. Oh, fuck. Big role? (laughs) Uh, you know, recurring character. He's the uh, the Air Force uh, sergeant or something that the the boys develop a missile with. Jeez, <laughs> they actually develop a guidance system. I didn't know that they were uh, military contractors at some well, point. Well, on- only for one uh, story arc. It's a bummer. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> um, they do okay. No, here's the thing though. They do have a moral breakdown about it. Oh, great. Um, about the fact that it could be used in missiles. They still do it in the end, because they figure someone's going to. But yeah, uh, he tells Dean Norris that this kind of thing usually helps if there's a body, there's not a body, and so he kind of obviously gives him some uh, fake little closure answer to get a payout. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, your, your son did love you. Um, yeah. Then Naomi uh, finds him outside and uh, wants uh, conveys that Widmore wants to retain Miles's rather unique services. Mm-hmm. And after Miles passes the test of telling how Felix died, um, she offers him one point six million. Now, so did you do you understand the the reference of the one point six and the three point two million dollars? Um, he didn't ask. I, I suppose maybe he's just asking someone to double his previous yeah. price. So he, that's what it is. But he also three point six million is what he asked Ben for when he was uh, captured by Locke in season four. Yeah, and they famously uh, Ben goes, "Why not three point five or three point seven? Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, that's just a fun little. Everyone always sort of wondered why three point two. So little, 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 little drop. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, the Widmore, the Widmore character that, I don't know how we're supposed to imagine that, uh, that dude might've died, but, uh, that dude had 
knowledge and kind of uh, a paper trail leading to the thing I forgot that Woodmore did, which is uh, fill a plane full of dead bodies. Yep. Um, and he agrees instantly for the $1.6 mm-hmm. And then later that night, he's eating a taco when uh, our friend Bram shows up. Yeah, Bram, who is one of the previously... It's like the previously unnamed dude we saw with the Ajira Air mm-hmm. uh, s- statue people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's exciting to uh, to get a... To get like a new faction element in play. Uh, yeah, so there's this question of who are they working for. Yeah, it's, it's exciting to get that new faction in play. Um... But also, they yeah. just like drive around in like a dark tinted like minivan with uh, fucked up little masks over their mouths. Yeah. Um, they don't. They don't look super. Like obviously, they can't give Miles any money. They tell him that. Uh, they don't mm-hmm. look super well well organized. <laughs> um, yeah. But he asks. He asks Miles if he knows what lies in the shadow of the statue. Mm-hmm. Previously, with they asked Lapidus. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's the temple or something. Okay. Well, there is a statue on the island. Remember? Yeah. Um. Um. So, who do you think these people might be working for? Do you have any any guesses what their faction is? What's Faraday's mother's name? Eloise Hawking. Yeah, perhaps some like Eloise offshoot. That's just my first guess. I don't know. Okay. And he says that uh, Miles is playing for the wrong team, and that he's on the team that's going to win. Um, he goes back to Hank and tells him, uh, "I lied," and he sh- gets real fucking frank with Frank. He's real fucking serious with him and tells him he should have told him his son that he loved him before he died. Yeah, and so <laughs> yeah, there's the there's the leaden, heavy-handed like parallel with. Uh... What's going on with his dad later in this episode? This is like, mm-hmm. in, in some ways, it's quaint that this feels like such a throwback Lost episode, but also this scene was like so, so like lame um, at, yeah. at this stage. Like we, we kind of have bigger fish to fry when our characters are trapped in the fucking 70s wearing, yeah. <laughs> wearing Dharma jumpsuits, uh, getting Ben Linus's uh, dad, Roger, on their case. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Man, there is so much Roger in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I love Roger. He's just <laughs> such a fucking scumbag. Yeah, he's just just an utter caricature of <laughs> of a scumbag. It's so surprising that he's this much that he's this featured. Uh would never yeah, right? Remember when it was just Roger Workman in the bus? <laughs> yeah. And now like that that really is just to wax for a second. That really is one of like the little things that Lost does so well is make something that you thought was just nothing into, like, a major part of the show. <laughs> it's so funny to think back a couple seasons, and it's like the thing, the problems uh, that Jack and Kate together had to try and solve had to do with the fate of an entire group of people that had survived a plane crash and now had to fight off supernatural forces. And now mm-hmm. they're kind of just dealing with the emotions of like a uh, mean drunk <laughs> like <laughs> uh yeah this this kind of is like lost almost like 
they're most like soap opera season, right? Like it's like the uh, fucking Desperate Housewives in, yeah. in Othersville. Yeah, truly. All right, so let's do On the Island. Kate and Sawyer get back from giving Ben to the others. Mm-hmm. And uh, they ask Miles to erase the tapes, and he does not. Yeah, damn it, Miles. <laughs> yep. He needs that surveillance footage uh, erased. Horace, who is also still a character, <laughs> Horace uh, brings Miles into the circle of trust. He interrupts Miles before he can get rid of that tape. He says, Miles, uh, because Sawyer is not here, I'm going to need you to do this task and stay mum about the specifics. Um, and Miles does it, and he goes and gets a body. Yeah, he picks it up from Radzinski, point, pointing a gun at him because uh, they are working kind of in, in the no man's land uh, they have with the others. Uh, it's hostile yeah. territory. Radzinski continues to just be such a dick. Yeah, such a, such a dickhead. The, the comic book guy of yeah. the show and the, the mean one, not the nice one, Hurley. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, uh, Miles takes that body back to Horace. Is that at the Orchid? Yes, that is at the Orchid, which is, if you recall, the station where you can move the island from. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he drives him back. Uh, meanwhile, we've got uh, what's going on with with our boy Roger, who is not doing well? <laughs> no, he is uh, just freaking out on on Kate and Juliet. He has every right to be freaking out that much because, like, what could they even say? His uh, dying child is gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I kind of found found myself thinking here is like, how is this not a bigger deal? Like, a kid has just been like kidnapped like how is the whole camp not freaking out yeah yeah that's that's a pretty good point i mean maybe sawyer was the one who might have in like in his role initiated that freak out maybe yeah, he's just not and, not around to and, do it um, and horace was distracted with the body maybe roger is like any normal dad would have kind of elevated this and raised alarms but instead he gets a six pack and sits on a swing. That's a good point. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so there is the scene where where Kate tries to comfort Roger and it goes terribly. Yeah, she has, as uh, she tells him, she just has a feeling he's gonna be okay. Uh, and and it's just it's just funny to imagine that, like if she was honest, she would be like, "So I'm from the future, and your son does survive, and he grows up to." Uh, basically be a like minor warlord on this island <laughs> yeah um yeah it's uh for all roger's uh utter uselessness he does pick up on there's some hinky bullshit going on yeah uh, that's he, true well well i feel like roger you know i mean he's not sawyer but like he he knows a thing or two about just like being scuzzy and fucking pulling tricks yeah. So he, he, he knows when he's being had. Yeah, and maybe he has a sense that uh, this woman has stolen a child before and maybe she wants to steal <laughs> mine. Maybe she already yeah. has. Yeah, all she does is steal children. <laughs> yeah, this is, again, this development for Kate is so happy uh, for me as someone who thought that maybe Kate's crime should have been being a Casey Anthony type. So Yeah, that's a 
good point. Uh, <laughs> let's let's just sort of finish before we'll get back to the Miles and Harley stuff. Let's just sort of finish all the other the other junk here. Uh, Phil eventually goes to Juliet and Sawyer and says that uh, he's got the tape of him doing it, and Sawyer fucking cold cocks him <laughs> and knocks him out. Tells Juliet to get some rope. Yeah, their uh, rules. That's the last. Phil, this is this this series this season has introduced two of the most annoying characters on the show, which are Phil and Redzinski. Yeah, um, I would love I would love to see more of Phil, just because as we stated before, I, I love that actor's Mad Men performance. Uh, yeah, no, so he's that. great, and he's he, you see some more of him over the next couple episodes. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, Miles and else? Hurley. Let's do Miles and Hurley. Yeah. Uh yeah, Hurley Hurley offer has lunch to bring to that same crew that Miles is taking the body to. Uh he says maybe we can park carpool, it'll prevent global warming. Uh, which <laughs> yeah, is kind of nice quaint. Little, nice little Hollywood lib moment. Yeah, yeah. It's it was like I feel like at that point it that it previously you would just ironically reference the hole in the ozone layer. And so this was yeah. just like the next the next step. Yeah, exactly. Um, um and here's where Miles reveals that the man in the body in the body bag, Alvarez, had a filling in his mouth which was ripped through his brain. Yeah. And we know that there's some electromagnetism shit going on on the island. So Yeah, I, I love that's the that's interesting to think about. I love the little kind of like hardly even the little like macabre sub stories or events in Lost uh, of non-character deaths that aren't even given much weight. Some of them are so cool, like uh, you know, getting ripped up by the monster, um, like covering covering yourselves uh, yourself in chains and uh, hopping off the ship. Uh, yep, I, I I love these little these little notes. Once they get to the station, uh, Pierre Chang comes out and is another just like menacingly dickish character <laughs> yeah we we could imagine that uh pierre, pierre chang as uh as someone who has a lot uh resting on his shoulders a lot of responsibility we, we could imagine him as this as this kind of imperious uh boss character and he plays it well um yeah hurley uh kind of pratt falls his way into just immediately revealing he's seen the body uh yeah. I, I love that little line uh if you think working in the kitchen is bad i love working in the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> yeah um we should also mention that hurley deduces that miles speaks to dead people and they have a little little bro time to talk about their various uh dead people interactions yeah you're just uh jealous because my power is better than yours yep um again this is hurley and miles uh, talking about who would be better in a fight, Cyclops from X Men or uh, Supergirl? That's right. And I mean, you know, another thing, uh, the actor who plays Miles, what Ken Leung, what, not Ken Leung, what's his name? Yeah, no, Ken Leung. Yeah. Uh, was in X3, the worst X Men movie. Let's see. They're driving to go do what exactly with uh, Mr. Chang? They're going to the Swan site where they're building what we, you know, would come to know as the hatch. Ah, yes, yes. And while there, Hurley sees them take out the hatch lid and put the numbers on it. 
that is to me such a fun little callback again to just like think about how far we've come like remember seeing that the numbers were on the hatchback in season one and being like holy shit <laughs> i i just like seeing like uh dudes uh take out letter specific kind of pegs <laughs> to hammer into this door what a fun uh what a fun job to have well again that's what i'm saying right that the the, the dharma initiative is nothing if not super fucking organized yeah like they would have a little set of of alls to hammer in a serial number <laughs> um it's a living is what the guy the guy looked up and said after that scene um yeah. i guess i guess it serves to uh miles kind of sees firsthand some example that uh Hurley has some sense of what of what is going on around here. Miles is surprised that he knew the numbers. Yeah, I love that scene where Miles says, "What hatch?" And you remember like how many characters like are new or weren't there for certain parts of things, and like don't know that the hatch existed. Yeah. Yes. Um. um eventually, they. Uh, Hurley tries to after kind of needling miles about his uh, dad all episode and trying to get miles to uh agree to have, have a beer with them have a beer with them uh hurley tries to connect on the basis of hey my dad was bad too for a while but we reconnected i forgave him and uh what you're going through is just like how luke could have uh communicated with vader in the second movie but instead they fought and we had to get the ewoks uh, because they couldn't just reconcile their differences then. And, of course, the big line that they teased tremendously that Lindelof was like, you know, we're going we're gonna to have this, uh, this big line you should be looking out for was Ewoks suck, dude. All right. Let's just, we don't have to make this long. I just need <laughs> to know, what's your, what, what's your take on the Ewoks? I grew up not knowing the Ewoks sucked because I saw those movies as a child and they're cute little bears that like do little songs. Just just to drop a little bit of like a horrible mainstream pop culture from the 2010s knowledge. Uh, I have seen the entirety of the truly revolting show How I Met Your Mother several times. <laughs> and that is a major point plot point in the show, which is that if you... Uh, you were born after a certain age. You love the Ewoks because you uh, they reminded you of their of your teddy bear. If you were over a certain age, you hated them because they were too cutesy. And that's all well and good. But in that, again, just truly vile show, uh, Barney, Neil Patrick Harris's character, is considering breaking up with his girlfriend because he finds out that she hates the Ewoks, which means she's over 30 therefore she he can't date her oh god <laughs> so just just a little bit of just that truly disgusting bit of american pop culture for you but yeah our i feel like our generation got kind of a double dose of it because i don't think any of us as children really knew how much jar jar sucked either when we saw that film so yeah i mean lindelof is clearly old enough that he would have hated the ewoks and he has continued that toxic nerd into his adulthood in deciding to use his platform as one of the, on one of the biggest shows on television to put an epic burn about about Ewoks. 
<laughs> yeah, I love Damon Lindelof, but he he's he's a he's a character. But yeah, this this kind of gets to Miles, um, and he uh, walks over a bit and happens to see Candle reading to uh, Baby Miles uh, in a very yeah. very sweet little scene. Yeah, um, and then he hears a ruckus, and he goes into the sub, and who comes out? Our boy. Daniel Faraday, baby, he's back. Oh, I'm so happy to see this handsome little guy again. Well, you should be, because you have anything else about this week's episode? It's so funny to imagine that, like, after the first meeting between Faraday and young Charlotte, they realize that, like, even the prospect of this man chilling for three years with the child virgin of the woman he loves <laughs> is so uncomfortable that they had to send him away. Yeah. They just got rid of him. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, what, what else are you going to do? You really like, you really don't want that to be a plot. Like, like he can't be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love to imagine that like Sawyer and them having that conversation, like, buddy, yeah. you, you gotta go. We don't want to, <laughs> we don't want to see any direction this could go, even if it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway, uh one thing we did forget before my tease next week. Uh I did love the scene of when Jack goes and sort of reports to Sawyer and Jack is being a good follower of Sawyer and, and getting some points with the boss. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, that 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 was nice. Jack really just sort of he, he accepts his fate. He's not the leader anymore. At least not right now. Yeah, and you get that you get that pretty good bit of Sawyer wordplay where he walks in uh, and is complaining about his day to Juliet. He goes, "You ever, th- you ever, th- you know, think you're think you're that little Dutch boy with his finger in the <laughs> dock?" You know, he says dock. He <laughs> says dock instead of dyke. Yeah, that is fun. Writers had fun with that one. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, next week we have an episode called "The Variable," and it is, in fact, our very first. Faraday-centric episode. Oh, hell yeah. 